Welcome to another episode of Going Beyond the Scale. I am very excited to share with you Megan Hoffman, who is going to be sharing with us her journey before Biggest Loser, during Biggest Loser, and post Biggest Loser. Um, if you know the show, you know that this year, this season, she was the at-home winner, which is quite an accomplishment for anybody to accomplish. Um, but it's really what I find is her journey on Biggest Loser was amazing. It was an amazing transformation. But I hope what you get from today's story is more about who she was before, during, and after. Because no matter whether or not you're on a reality show, um, your life is the reality that you have to live. And I really try whenever I'm sharing with what people are, you know, bringing from Biggest Loser, that's what I want you to know. Um, you know, every one of us that had an opportunity to be there, it was great, but it's kind of a caricature of what's possible for you in your life. So I'd like to welcome Megan to today's conversation. Megan, let me see, where are you hiding? There she is. Hi, Megan. Hi, how are you? Very good, very good. So first of all, congratulations on being the at-home winner. That is quite an accomplishment because you especially had a pretty tough team of people there. So that was quite an accomplishment. Thank you. Yes, it was absolutely challenging. Um, you know, I felt like we were right at each other's heels the whole way. So it was really exciting and uh, nerve wracking the entire time. <laughs> From the point of testing all the way to the very end, it's been nerve wracking. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely quite a journey. Um, I think the thing that's, you know, you and, you and I've had a couple of conversations before this um, chat. And I think that what I take away is, you know, you meet a lot of people and a lot of people in, in a situation where they lose some weight or they're on a reality show or whatever. Um, it's very intoxicating. It's exciting. And you make a transformation. What I really got in talking to you is that what I feel is it's less about you losing weight as much as it was you took that time and that opportunity to really start to think about what you want to do in your life and going forward. So, um, you know, obviously before Biggest Loser, you had a certain way that you were living and it was what it was. And then you got an opportunity to be on the show and you made a transformation. And now afterwards the show is over and everybody under the sun sees you and is going to know who you are. But from your perspective, um, you know, it seems as if there's just something that happened in your thinking from losing the weight on the show that's really kind of transformed you into when I talked to you about the things that you want to do in the future. So can you kind of share, like, was there something that kind of clicked in your mind, whether it was during the show or after the show, that's got you on this kind of track? Yeah, so uh, I think the biggest thing for me is, you know, I tell everybody, obviously, going on the show, you know, is about weight loss. But for mm -hmm. me, it was more about taking a risk on myself. Mm. It would probably be the first time where I actually gave everything I had towards something that I wanted. And, you know, I think a lot of people who have tried to lose weight can tell you that they've tried over and over again. Like, usually it's not just, oh, I tried once and was successful. It usually takes several times. Um, but I've never really given it everything I had. And mm. for me, going on the show was saying, okay, if I put everything that I have, all my energy efforts, you know, um, ch trying to change my mindset into me, what am I truly capable of accomplishing? And so for me, really, it wasn't so much of how much weight can I lose? It was, you know, what am I able to accomplish if I really give this thing my all? 
and throughout the whole time on the campus, that was really kind of just my theme is like, you know, I, I told myself all the time, I don't have to be the fastest. I don't have to be the strongest. I just have to keep going. And, you know, it's when you're in a competition, sometimes it's hard not to compare yourself to those around you. But really for me, I think my like inner drive came from like, I'm doing this for me to see what I can produce for myself. I 100% can believe in somebody else's goals and their dreams. And I can push you as far as you need to go because I know you can achieve it. But when it came to myself, I would always give up or I wouldn't put mm-hmm. into it. And so for me, it was really about like, here's an opportunity to see what you can really accomplish. The other thing for you is you came to the show with a whole fitness, and some people don't, but you came to the show with a whole fitness background. For the people that don't know that, why don't you share what that was? Sure, so I have been in the fitness industry since 2008. Um, I joke around with people that are like, those who can't teach, you know? (laughs) 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 Really just like hand to mouth disease. Mm -hmm. Um, But you know, I think that my knowledge and understanding of how the fitness industry worked, because you know, there there was a lot of controversy about the show. And for me, I'm like, well, I know so much about the industry. So like, if there's something wrong, I'm not gonna, I'll know what to do, you know? So for me, it's, it wasn't so much of not understanding or not knowing what to do. For Mm -hmm. me, it was, what is happening in my mind that's stopping me from even giving it a chance? And for me, Biggest Loser was really kind of that gateway of saying, here's an opportunity for you to just strictly pour into yourself, to strictly like give this thing everything you've got um, and kind of turn that mindset around. Well, one of the things that you know that's an advantage is that when you're in a controlled environment, which you are because you don't have all the environmental, you don't have your phone, you don't have, you know, you don't have internet access. Um, you just have this one job to do. Um, there are still people that have that opportunity and they don't seem to seize it. So they'll do it and they'll kind of go through even the show. They'll kind of go through it and they're semi-successful, but not nearly as successful as you were. So was there something that happened with your experience, whether it was with Bob or one of the trainers, or was there something, a mental thing that seemed to click? Because, I mean, like you said, you know everything you need to know about what to do. You lived and breathed that. I mean, what was there something that that really did that for you? Okay. I'm going to – a couple of things. I think um, one – I think that a lot of times people romanticize weight loss. Mm. And so they go into it thinking, oh, when I start losing weight, I'm going to feel pretty or I'm going to get the guy, get the job. My life's totally going to change. It's romanticized. Mm -hmm. And I think that before I went on the show, and and I applied two times before. So this is actually my third time applying for the show. Oh, okay. Um, I think that I had always been in a place of romanticizing what my life would be like if I lost the weight. Mm -hmm. I put unrealistic expectations on myself and on that goal. And I think this time around, really, I wasn't focusing on what, you know, all of the other things in my life that were going to transform because of the weight loss. Like, I'm going to love myself more. I'm going to, you know, respect myself more or, you know, none of those things because I had already gone through that journey beforehand. Like, I had already learned to love myself beforehand. I had already learned all of these things recently. So, So the transition for me was really just like, what is my efforts going to produce for mm-hmm. me? And it was really just strictly about, you know, for me, my goal, my heart was I was tired of modifying my life. Mm-hmm. I love being outdoors. I love being active. So like for me, th- that was the big focus. So when I saw myself being able to do those types of things easier, that's right. the momentum that kept me going. So it wasn't really like, oh, I'm going to be thin and like fit into different clothes or I'm going to get boyfriends or different jobs. My modeling career is going to like transform in a different way. 
truly it was just about movement and mobility and not having to modify. And I think from there, that's what really like ignited like to keep going because it was fueling something that I enjoyed to do rather than fueling me feeling a certain way about myself. Yeah, that's interesting. It's funny you say that because I, that was very much the same experience that I had as well was as I got bigger and bigger um, with the kids, I asked for, I did ask for a lot of favors. Like, can you get me this? Can you do that? And what you don't realize is that you just kind of, your life starts closing in on you and you start like, I don't know, it's, you know, it's going to take a lot of energy yeah. and you just start shrinking in there. And you're right. There's that weird part that happens. I remember on our season there, all of a sudden it's just like, you felt differently. You stood differently. You just, I don't know. It just to me, at least, you feel better and more alive. And and that's when I watched your transformation. It was one of those types of things. I mean, you're you're positive. You 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 have that look of being excited and energetic. But it's like the further you went, you could just see you just kept expanding upon that. And especially in my conversation with you, it's like you just your energy level, how you appear, and how you speak is like extremely vibrant, which is very powerful. I think you know. I'll I think too, what happens is that when you start to realize, you know, yes, you're losing weight and your body's feeling good, but mm -hmm. I think the mental changes that you go through in that process of really dissecting why you even were able to get up to that weight in the first place or what, you know, what made you stay there when you knew you're uncomfortable and, and you're not happy. So why are you still like living in that lifestyle? Um, I think the mental aspect, the onion of it, just peeling away, peeling away, peeling away, you know, I, I've always been like really outgoing and bubbly and, you know, cheerful. And, right. um, but it's different when you start understanding that you're deserving of those things, right? Mm -hmm. Like I'm deserving, I deserve to live the life that I desire. I deserve to feel healthy and happy. And I deserve to be able to climb the hill as quick as my friends can. You know, I deserve those things. And when you start to acknowledge that and, um, really grab a hold of it, you, you do start to change your life. You know what I mean? It, it becomes more about like, this is the things that are bringing me the happiness. This is what I want my life to be filled with. And then it's like, that's how you start to create a new lifestyle. It's not so much about like dieting quickly and losing all the weight quickly and winning the show. It's, it's really about like, how can I dissect my triggers? How can I dissect my mindset? Because it's not just weight that I want to overcome and conquer, right? Like there's other things, there's careers, there's, you know, future sure. that I want. And it's like, if you can learn it in one aspect, you can apply it to all the other areas of your life. And so for me, that's where I'm at right now is, you know, here, here's what I've learned from the industry. Here's what I've learned from the show. How do I apply this to all the er other areas of my life? Got it. Got it. Before you got to the show, um, you know, I know for myself, I was a secret eater and I was using food. I was medicating the hell out of food for me. It was like I was binge eating. I was just like, at the end of the day, I couldn't get enough. And once I got in that mindset, it's just like I kept just mainlining everything under the sun. Yeah. Um, were you a secret eater? Was there something that for you, I mean, you didn't get to the size that you were at because you had a quote unquote bad metabolism. I mean, it, it's there's something that happens between the hand and the mouth that goes on. I mean, what was it that was really the catalyst for that for you? You know what? Um, food had always been just a source of everything, right? Comfort. Mm -hmm. uh, we're excited. We're eating. We're sad. We're eating. We're going for a drive. We're eating. Like food is <laughs> always around. And yeah. what I have found is that you know I I kind of discussed this with you before um, with like my closet issue is that it's not uh, not like in the closet. Yeah. <laughs> I mean like my clothes in the closet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it. Real closet issue. Right. <laughs> um, but you know it's it's the it's like an excessive accumulation, right? So 
there's things in my life that I wasn't addressing or things in my life that I wasn't facing, right? Like I'm not happy. I wasn't content. Like I was making plenty of money, but wasn't happy in my job. You know, all of these things wasn't fulfilled. Right. Um, and so all of those things, it's like, rather than sitting down and looking in the mirror and doing that gut check of like, what's wrong? Like what's really wrong? It's like, I'm eating, I'm watching a show. It's like a distraction, right? Like it keeps my brain from thinking sure. about what's really going on, what's really happening. And I think for so long I hid in, I don't know, I guess you could say hit. Like I hid in the fact that like there was other things that I wanted. And even though I was so like confident, people thought I was chasing my life, but really I was just hiding in it. I was mm -hmm. hiding my life because I was never taking the steps that I needed to take to get to the life that I really desired. So food is like a numbing agent. And yeah. so if you're always snacking, always doing something. It's like you're, you're numbing that part of yourself that's saying, hey, like something's not right. Like you're not happy. You're like things are off. But you never really have to pay attention to that because you're literally snacking your life away. So do you feel comfortable? Like if you had to look at it from being comfortable with your eating, mm -hmm. are you like 80% comfortable, 100% comfortable? I mean, like, do you like where's your head? Like, where are you with that in terms of like, I mean, it's everything. You're no longer on a show. You yeah. can go do anything and get anything you want now completely. Yeah. How are you honestly with your mindset and the old triggers of things that would happen for you? How, where are you with that? Um, I wouldn't say I'm 100% there. But what I will say is that I am doing a lot of work um, with counseling. I'm doing a lot of work on myself and mm -hmm. I will find what's going on. So if I find myself being like, I'm hungry and like I'm opening the cabinet a lot, then I'm like, oh, like, are you really hungry? Right. You know, like I might not catch myself, but all of a sudden I'm like, wait a second. And and I'm doing a lot of work to identify those triggers. I'm doing a lot of work and it's very uncomfortable. I think one, well, two of the biggest things that I learned, one on campus was asking for help because mm. I like to ask for help at all i'm like i am sh like shira <laughs> yeah 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 i can see that <laughs> i'm an independent woman like i don't need anybody's help i'll take like all the bags in one trip mm -hmm. um, but i think the second thing that i learned was being okay sitting in an uncomfortable moment so if it's just myself and i'm having like emotion or i'm having like anxiety or whatever may come like being okay with just sitting in it for a minute without having to figure out how to fix it yeah. right like, why am i uncomfortable what is happening like what is causing me anxiety and that to me, like, it's challenging even still today. Like sometimes I'm like, oh, like, why do I have anxiety? Like maybe I need a drink, you know, mm -hmm. maybe, that kind of drink. maybe I need a soda. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm in the closet and she's boozing. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. It's like a TMZ interview. <laughs> I know. Um, but, you know, it's like rather than thinking of a way to try to like fix the emotion uh, right away or try to like calm the emotion or get rid of the emotion, um, it's like kind of sit in it for a second and examine what's happening. Like, did something just trigger this emotion? Was there a phone conversation? Was Did you pass something that triggered you? You know, really, what is it? And it takes a lot of work right. to do that. Like, I would say it's harder to fix your mind than it is to fix your body. Um, but they go hand in hand. But, I mean, the yeah. weight loss part, like, that's easy. You eat right and you work out. But it's like mentally getting yourself to do that is the hard part. Um, but I will say that with eating, I feel, you know, I feel, I feel confident about it. I feel confident that if I find that I did something that I feel like maybe didn't fit in my macros or maybe, mm -hmm. oh, maybe that wasn't the best choice for me. I don't feel like I'm like the pendulum isn't swinging all the way south or all the way north. Like I feel like I'm still kind of maintaining that balance, yeah. which I feel like is very important. 
So it sounds like you've gotten your you've been exercising the mental muscle of progress versus perfection or the other one that gets most of us was the all or nothing thing. Yeah. You know, that that whole mythical thing, like you can only start on Monday. And then if you screw up on Monday, then you're just going to mainline until you get to the next Monday. I mean, those, those are the things that just I know for myself, I didn't get to 435 pounds by having a bad metabolism. It's just my thinking was just squirrely. It was not helpful. Um, so, and it's been for me now nine plus years since Biggest Loser and everything you've talked about um, is a great example of things that, that I would say the biggest transformation for me has been like what you said, sitting in things that are uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, one of the things we learned from the psychiatrist on our show was that people that are morbidly obese or obese or have usually weight issues repress. Um, you and I are appearing to most people probably as happy, cheery, positive people were that way. It's also a defense mechanism because I don't like to feel bad. I don't like to feel, I never like to feel emotions. So I did the same thing where I would eat those emotions. And then I, now I've had to learn, like my wife and I've been together for 40 years and I've said to people like, we get along really well, but when you take the carbs sometimes out of a marriage or a relationship, it gets, it gets scary. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I, I totally a thousand percent agree with you where I think one of the big takeaways for people that listen to this today is what Megan's sharing is you're not going to always feel good and you're not going to be always happy and you're going to feel those emotions, but you need to feel them. But like what you're do you've done, it sounds like you're doing, you need to have others to talk to and share and out yourself. I mean, literally out, like I feel horrible and I'm not happy or whatever. And that's going to be the big difference of why I've seen why you've been so powerful since the show. And you're just, it's everything you've shared with me is like, this is great. Megan is on the right track for lifelong living life. Well, which is great. I mean, here's the, this is the funny thing too, is that, you know, you can be on the right track, but feel like you're losing your mom rolls. You know what I mean? Like, there yeah. I'm like, like body dysmorphia is a real thing. I wake up, I'm like, I still feel like I look the same. I have a ton of excess skin. So I'm like, well, there goes like, you know, bathing suits. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it's like, right. and, and, you know, there is the scale number, the number on the scale trap. Like the, all of those things you still have to deal with. Like, it's not like right. oh, I'm working on my mind. It feels so great. It's like, no, I'm working on my mind. And it's a dirty, hard job. Mm -hmm. If if you're working on your mind, that means your mind needs work, which means you're not doing great. You know what I mean? Like sure. you're, maybe you're doing great, but you don't feel like, you know, the successful, happy, like I'm doing everything right type of person. Like you feel like, man, I'm doing a lot of dirty work right now, but eventually it will be second nature. Eventually the thoughts are going to start correcting themselves. Eventually like things will be easier, right. um, but it definitely takes time. And, you know, even though, I think we were fortunate enough to see weight loss happen quickly because we were a part of the show and that was our number one job. Um, unfortunately, the mindset is not changed as quick. Correct. That is a long, long journey. So I feel like, you know, no matter what kind of change or what kind of addiction people are overcoming, it's like you've got to be committed to that process and trust the process no matter how long it takes. You know, it's funny. I read something today that reinforced, you know, there's people that say that you can change your habit in 21 days. There's another thing that says you can change in 66 it's actually not true. What these studies have shown is it takes at least, I hate to say it, but it takes at least two to three years for the habit to change. And I remember on, on our season, Dr. Heisenga had told us, it's going to take you five years. Now, people are like, oh, my God, you know, they like, that's crazy. Now, it's you're going to live your life. And it doesn't mean it's horrible. But I can tell you that if you don't have to be perfect, but after a while, 
there are things that my daughter Jennifer and I would crave like mad and even happened over the show. And when we got healthier, it's like some of the stuff that we went to, like it didn't have the same spell yeah. on us, you know? And so it's interesting because you start to, you start to reevaluate things and it doesn't mean you can't have stuff. You can, yeah. but it's just, it's interesting. I don't know how I ate that much food, but I did. And now I literally can't eat that, but it took a while for the body to catch up with the mind. It does yeah. take some time and it does work. Absolutely. I think you, um, you know, I, my friend just had a wedding and uh, we were teasing and like, you know, how like they feed each other, the bread and groom feed each other the cake. So like her and her sister, her, her sister and I were like feeding each other the ice cream. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, you know what I mean? Like, you just thought about ice cream, like you're going to be all right. Like yeah. the, the balance is so, is so um, important. And I think too, the reason why you're eating the ice cream, right? Are you eating the ice cream because you have anxiety? You're eating ice cream as a small treat. You know, I think finding that balance and understanding um, limits. Yeah. The, the other question I have for you is you have an interesting story because you're in the what I would call timely and timeless world right now. The conversation is a big conversation around the whole idea of body positivity. Mm -hmm. um, and I have not really delved into that world a lot. And as I told you, I'm going to delve into it more um, only because I just think it's an important conversation that I think we should all have because I have navigated and worked with all kinds of people, all kinds of ages, all kinds of sizes. Uh, it's fascinating at times when I see people that if you looked at them, th you'd go like, wow, you're in great shape. And they're like, they start telling me what's in their head. Um, and where for me, body positivity is first mental positivity before we hit the body because I've seen people that are like, um, like I give anything, like we talk about skin, I give anything to have that quote unquote body, not because I feel bad about myself. It's like, it's a damn good looking body. I would like to have that. It's like, I don't have that. Yeah. It does, I don't, but I'm fine. I got, I'm okay. But there's nothing wrong with seeing somebody else's shape or size or whatever. Now you went from being a plus size model to somebody that I don't, you don't really qualify as a plus size model now, do you? So you I'm like on the cuff. Some some agencies may say yes, some may say no. But now I'm I'm very much cusp, so it's not that's not my main genre anymore. So how like unfortunately, especially today's kind of squirrely anyway, because there's like black and white of everything. Like how is it like are you now out of that club and you're not accepted in that club? Or like how does that work? <sighs> okay, so this was an issue I had even before um, I lost the weight and okay. I get myself into trouble. <laughs> okay. But, you know, I, here's the thing. I I stumbled into the body positivity movement a long time ago. I loved the idea of it. I loved the fact that body inclusivity, I love the fact that we should be having models of all different sizes. Yep. Um, I want to see a picture of somebody wearing the clothes that, that looks like me, right? Because mm -hmm. I'm like, you know, I don't know. Um, but I think what's happened over time is that the voices that have been able to speak up in the body positive movement have done exactly what it was supposed to be against, which is it's seclusion, right? Mm -hmm. So if you don't look a certain way or are a certain weight, or, you know, if you don't love yourself exactly for the way that you are right now, you're no longer included in body positivity. Mm -hmm. I think that, um, it's something that I find very frustrating because the whole movement is to 
really accept and love who you are sure. as an individual um, and still allow for change to happen if the change is desired or needed. And I think right now what's happening is that they're shaming people who would want to change. They're shaming people who would want to, you know, progress their health or lose the weight. And I think that's what's so frustrating to see. Um, even, you know, I don't want to say like, I'm not a victim of it by any means, but I just say like, you know, being somebody who used to be very involved and very, felt very like I fit in there, um, over time, you know, I've lost friends on social media, have, um, you know, kind of been like, oh, you know, you were pretty before. Why did you lose the weight? I liked you better, bigger. And, you know, I'm getting all those types of comments, right. um, which for the record, I'm, I didn't lose weight for anybody. <laughs> so <laughs> you bigger before or not, it's really not about you. <laughs> but I think that that's the problem is that, you know, the, the industry and, and that type of movement was really supposed to be inclusive for everybody. Sure. And it has turned the complete opposite, I feel like, in my, in my opinion. I know that there's still a lot of people out there trying to do really good work and just really be size inclusive, but now it just seems like nobody's allowed to still want something different from themselves or still desire to have a smaller body. Um, you know, it's, it's funny, Megan, because I could be wrong on this, um, but um, I know for myself, like if somebody that I had seen in a long time came up to me and they said, hmm, um, you look like you gained a lot of weight, I will tell you, I wouldn't feel good about it. It would feel like, I feel a little uncomfortable. But I will tell you, my I'll be 63 on Sunday. So I've been around for a while. I've, I've been had a lot of conversations and people say a lot of things to me. I don't know of any time in my life, and I'd be curious if somebody else can actually share a comment that they ever felt this way. I think everybody that's listening to this or anyone in the world is at some point in time, somebody's walked up and said, have you lost weight? And I don't know of anybody that would go like, <gasps> How could you say that to me? That's a horrible thing to say. Don't you ever say that to me? Like, I've never met anyone that like was disgusted when somebody said that. Good, bad, or different. And the point is, is it's like, I don't think there's anything wrong with any of us wanting to make some kind of change for a whole wide world of reasons. And I can only tell you, having lived a few more years than you, there are seasons of your life that you have different ideas and priorities, careers, relationships, things with children, things with weight size. And I think that the more people, if you want to talk about body positivity or inclusivity, you want to really kind of allow people to be open and express things. Because I will tell you, like if somebody had cancer, um, you could say cancer doesn't define me, but it could kill you if you don't get treatment or help for it. Or diabetes doesn't define me. Nope, but it's not going to be helpful for your body. So some of us, like myself included, I luckily enough didn't have any, and still don't, I didn't have high cholesterol, high cholesterol, high blood pressure. I had none of that stuff. So I said I was functionally fat and I kind of wore my badge of honor. But I also know with a lot of excess body fat, sometimes I don't know, I'm not a doctor. Sometimes excess body fat can, you can be like a breeding ground for cancer. stuff. I don't know. The point is, I think I agree with you. People need to figure out what's important to them, but I think it could be, we could all be a little kinder to wherever somebody is to have a little bit more of that. And I think that the more that you can share that, and then you don't go against people either, like the same thing, oh. if you don't, yeah. And I, I know you're not doing that. Yeah, I, you know, I think um, my big thing is when I was heavier, there's a lot of women who would come to me and say, oh, I wish I had your confidence um, to just go out there and you post pictures and you're pretty and you know, all this stuff. Mm. My whole thing is, you know, I don't care it doesn't matter what you weigh, right? Like right. you can be sexy, you can be pretty, you can feel confident and you yep. should, right? Because it's not about what you look like. Right. My thing is that like eventually you're going to want to do things and you're going to want to feel comfortable doing them. Mm -hmm. 
you get to a certain weight, you're not. Mm-hmm. You're, not, you're not comfortable. You're not comfortable putting on shoes. You're not comfortable putting on jeans. You're not comfortable moving. I remember walking across, and I have been in the fitness industry, like I said, since 2000. Mm-hmm. I've been very active. I used to call myself curvy fit, mm-hmm. which now I know is not true. <laughs> but I thought that I was in my mind, and nobody was telling me different. Um, but you know, I was active. But I remember one day I was walking across a parking lot, and I'm winded, and I'm like, "What is going on?" Because I didn't realize how heavy and how big I really was. Right. It really wasn't about my body. I knew that I was fully capable of doing everything that I needed to do in life. I was, I was deserving. I knew that yeah. I was lovable. All of those things, but there are people who don't feel that way. And right. so my my whole goal is it doesn't matter what you weigh or what you look like, like you're deserving and you're worthy of anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that's a complete separate issue than really going into like, I mean, for me, maybe it's not, maybe it's not a separate issue. For me, I had to learn my worth before I allowed myself to really go after the things that I wanted. Weight loss happened to be one of them. Yeah, and I think the other part that people should take away is that um, people start in different places. In, in your particular case, you you did come from that place. Some people actually lose some weight, feel a little bit different, and then they start to go. It's like there's not one set way for it to go. The only thing I will say that there's one set way, and being somebody that's been married to somebody for 40 years, I think I have a little qualification, and it's not been perfect by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, my wife is a saint. She should have divorced me a long time ago because I'm freaking crazy half the time, but she's she's a better person than I am, but she stayed with me. When my wife and I have had trouble, it's because we shut down communication. And I, don't, and I think that that's in a relationship, but where people shut down communications in the worst place is with themselves. Um, and I think what you're exhibiting and what you've been sharing with everybody so far today is that you have a conversation with yourself and you are being honest about it. And you're also opening up and having conversations with others and you're getting in a conversation and exchanging how people are feeling. It's sometimes it's, we have a lot of blind spots, but you're a great example of like, you can feel great about yourself and feel great about how you feel physically and enjoy what you're doing. Like, I, I, I think you're pretty much the same, but I mean, I love food. I enjoy it. I love doing all that stuff. It's not like I go, like anybody says, I can never have this ever again. It's like crazy. Like the idea of never having something ever again, uh, not my vocabulary, you know, not at all. I mean, the snacking thing, I have to be careful because I do realize that snacking is like a slippery slope for me. Like I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, snacking my, and then I'm like, oh, I'm like all of a sudden, but, um, but I would never say that like, oh, you can't have this type of food ever again. I think that that's like. There are certain ones, and you know this, there's certain ones, and I kind of use myself as a guinea pig. I've literally, before Biggest Loser, I was on every diet, no demand, and I lost weight on each one, and then I put the weight back on. But since Biggest Loser, I've tried everything, and it's interesting because I do it more, I'm trying to understand how I feel and how my body reacts to stuff. And I do I do say to people, unless they really are afraid to do it, I think it's helpful to get some medical support and advice, some other people, functional medicine people, get through some blood tests and things. We all are wired differently and metabolically, there are changes that happen and, and you're, you're everything from sleep to exercise to energy, everything. I think food is so critical. Uh, and as you know, it's re- really talked about a biggest loser because it doesn't make for, it's not as sexy for TV, for, you know, it, all the other crazy stuff is. And uh, people ask all the time, what do you eat? Well, we eat really great food and not tons of it, but it's really great food, you know, which is true. Um, well, I ate whatever they would cook. <laughs> not- uh, do you cook or not? 
I'm a horrible cook. <gasps> oh, God. Oh, I'm, I have to live basic. So I'm like, ground turkey and salad for dinner today. Wow. Holy cow. <laughs> but okay. I, I also don't need a ton of variety. Like, I don't feel like I'm never satisfied. And I allow myself, you know, um, one of the things that I really love is finding things that I used to love and then making them in a healthy way. So, like, if I liked pizza, okay, let's find a way to make pizza in a healthier way. That way I don't ever feel like I'm depriving myself of it. So I don't ever feel like I need to binge on it or or cheat. Like, people say, like, how many cheat meals do you have? Like, I try not to be mm. kind of just, like, incorporate what you know what i mean like incorporate the things that i like in a healthier way yeah see i don't even use the cheat word i use the treat word words are very dangerous i'm very picky about the words that people always use the cheat thing because i was a cheater forever i you know binged everything years i'm all right yeah that, so it's more like a treat than a than a cheat yeah. the one thing i will tell you and here's a little bit of advice i want to give you being somebody that understands fitness now you know if you do the same exercise all the time you're not going to get a response okay right. I, want you, I just want you to really remember if you eat the same, I did, this is not my idea. I learned this from one of the biggest loser nutritionists is very adept on all nutrition, metabolic functioning. If you eat the same kinds of food all the time, even the same kinds of proteins or whatever, what ends up happening is your body does the same thing. It, your metabolism slows down. You actually need to trick it and play with it and do all that. He did blood tests with me one time and I was like massively eating tons of eggs. And he said, I don't have a problem with your eggs. But you can't eat the same kind of protein all the time. So, so all I would say is, if you're robotically yourself or others eating the same thing, you really do need to trick it up a little bit. It does make a difference because your body will plateau out and flatline. You know, keep I've noticed too. Um, my body doesn't react to certain things as well anymore. Like when I got mm -hmm. home from campus, I can't eat rice anymore. Like this mm -hmm. is real tired and sluggish, and so I'm just like, okay, out with the rice, find something else. So, real, I think like. I do agree with you. Changing that up is going to be a, a big deal. So I know you're, the COVID has got you slowed down because you're in California and the gyms are closed again and whatever. But, you know, you got a whole lifetime in front of you. Just curious, like, what are you, um, are you doing speaking? Are you writing a book? Are you, what, what do you, what do you got up your sleeve? What are you thinking about going forward? Um, well, I, you know, one of my biggest passions is writing. So I absolutely want to, hmm. um, I want to start motivational, just really get out there, try to help as many people as I can with transformation. Um, just guidance, something that we can, like we can laugh and cry together through the journey, you know, because I think that's so important to have. And then um, speaking engagements. I was speaking a little bit before the show. I would absolutely, you know, want to continue doing that. I do have things in the pipeline. Obviously, we're waiting for COVID to pass. Right. Um, I have done two classes. So I've attended classes. Um, there's been a couple of schools that have reached out to me that wanted me to speak to their PE classes. So we've done that. That was a lot of fun. So yeah, so basically, you know, just really, my whole thing is, if I can share my journey to help one person, let's do it. Like, that's my whole goal. So really just getting out there, writing, speaking. Um, I am still modeling on the side. When you say on the side, what, what does on the side mean? Does that mean like a, a smidge or what? Yeah, I'm not pursuing it as a full-time career, but I, you know, still, I still am like submitting and still getting jobs for modeling. So that's something that I'll probably always be a part of just because I do love the industry. And if I can help be a positive impact in that type of industry, which is very rough, um, that would be a huge win. Well, you're going to do what you're going to do. Um, but my background's in the world of strategy and business development and things like that. And I would just say that based upon the fact that you, uh, what I would call a triple threat, the fact that you're a writer, um, you're an excellent communicator. I mean, without a doubt, I think that if you add the modeling part and you put that in there, the physicality 
of being able, because what's going to happen is if you think of it this way, because I've done a lot of speaking, for you to stand in front of people, to share things in writing, for you to be able to speak to them and share your heart and soul, and for you to use the physicality for them to start to have a different way to think about themselves, it's very powerful because just speaking is great. Right. But if you can somehow keep dancing in that world of modeling, I, you're going to do what you're going to do. Not, not for me to say, but I would just, as a recommendation, really consider that because I think that you have a very unique story. You're very successful with it. Your honesty and openness, I think, is going is already has, but has the potential to really. There's people that are going to watch this, and people are going to see you in other things, and they're never going to tell you. And I will tell you that sometime five years from now, there's going to be some woman, some child, somebody's going to go. You have no idea. You said X, Y, and Z. You changed my life. So I, I just consider the modeling part is I know it's on the side, but yeah. you might want to might want to. Uh, yeah, I mean, come on, you, you, you can do that. You're a Shiva, so you can do anything. Well, yeah. <laughs> Put them <on> to it. <laughs> so, um, before we end here, where, where, what's the best place for people to find you? Where can they follow you? You know what? I tell everybody just to go to my Instagram. Um, it's at I am Hoffy, and then my website is on in the bio. It's in the it's a link. Okay. In the so, it's a work in progress, but here we go. But yeah, that's that's the best way to find me. Excellent. Well, Megan, I want to thank you for being here today. Um, I love your story. I'm very excited to stay in touch with you. And as you evolve and share things, I would love to be able to have you come back as you know, COVID goes away and you have more ways to be even more expressed, fully expressed and powerful. I'd love to be able to share, you know, updates and things. And I think that's the other part that um, I found that most of the people from Biggest Loser or anything that seem to do well, they stay out there. They don't hide. They share and they don't need to be perfect um so i would love to be able to have you come back again and um you know share with everybody what you're up to i would love that thank you so much i appreciate you having me thank you okay be well be safe yeah thank you